Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey majors, welcome back. Today, we're looking at liquid or water from here on out. One of the most powerful forces in nature and an element that is in constant motion, but one that is slow and steady. It is the element most associated to magic. I would definitely look at fire magic, the first one that I've done on this series, before you listen to this one, because I explain some of the concepts more in that one. And you could also look at my episode called Sacred Sites, the one about sacred wells. Not necessarily, but it goes into the symbolism behind water more. But first, a shout out to my Patreons. For my latest subscribers, Rachel G, Erin R, and Jennifer H. For my Midnight Majors, Stephanie H, Alex J, Stephanie M, Ruth B, Andrew F, Shirley F, and Kyrile S. And for my Sugarpot Spell Majors, Praxi O, Mary W, Yolanda V, Mazecat, Jen G, Mary C, and Liana T. Your support is really helping the show to keep on going. Thank you, majors. Now, we have an oceanic memory. Our psyche is deep. Networks and systems lie below the surface that we're not even aware of. Our inner mysteries, reasons and motives for our behaviour, our memories and emotions all dwell deep within us. Like the tide, we yield to the magnetic rhythm and force of the moon. 
and what lies beneath has always fascinated us. Tales of Atlantis, the Bermuda Triangle, and huge, dangerous creatures capable of great destruction and evil. Instantly, I think of the Leviathan and the Loch Ness Monster. All of these things imbue us with a sense of mystery and wonder. And so many of our creation myths begin with a churning of primordial waters, or feature a great cataclysmic flood. After all, life as we know it emerged from water, as well as our very own as we emerge from our mother's womb after the breaking of water. Nearly 71% of the world's surface is water, and as an element it provides us with some of the most beautiful scenes that the natural world can produce. It can also take multiple forms. It's a solid when it's in the form of ice, it's liquid when it's water, and it's also a gas when it's vapour. It's one of our basic needs, a few days without it and we can actually die. It can restore and maintain life, but just as easily it can take it. How many have been lost at sea? To rivers, lakes, flooding, the numbers are vast. It is no wonder that water is heavily associated with the ancestors, spirits and the other world. According to mythology, the ocean was, and it still is, a very dangerous place. The local deity of the sea had to be appeased, else passage through their territory could be disastrous, or even fatal. The first to navigate the seas, it's thought, were the Phoenicians around 2000 BCE. It wouldn't be until the 15th century that oceans would be traversed, as prior there wasn't the technology to do so. It was thought to be filled with dangerous creatures, such as mermaids and sirens. But as the sea became more known, certain creatures took on a more friendlier demeanour, such as the mermaid. The horrific coloniser Columbus reportedly saw a mermaid whilst he set sail on his infamous journey to America. It's believed she blessed his journey and granted him safe passage. In the past, she would have doomed it. His journey would come to see the subjugation of the Americas. I often wonder how different the world would be if his ship had sunk to the bottom of the ocean. The Celts saw water as a liminal space, a portal to the other world. Their wells and springs carry vast meaning and folklore. The Roman Seneca believed, quote, where a spring rises or a water flows, there ought we to build altars and offer sacrifices. One of the most famous of these water temples is the temple of Sullus in Bath. Sullus is the Celtic goddess of sacred waters, and the Romans, rather than stamp out local cultures and local religions, they incorporated them into their own. In this site, when they took it over, they combined the bathhouse with a temple dedicated to healing. But the site was also used to cast curses on people. Writing the curse on a lead tablet and dropping it into the well was thought to be a great way to get the other world to do your bidding and obtain your revenge, and this custom was practiced throughout ancient Europe. Mythology and folklore around the world is rich, with crossing rivers to reach the underworld. Many traditions around the world believe the soul travels westwards upon death, linking this idea of the dead travelling over bodies of water on their journey to the afterlife. Just as much as rivers symbolise a journey to death, they also can symbolise life. A prime example is the Nile River. 
hailed by ancient Egyptians, and one of the main reasons that their civilization was able to survive and flourish for over 3,000 years. The Ganges in India is richly bathed in to wash away sins and impurities. It also leads to moksha, the freeing of the life and death cycle. And ritual bathing is common all over the world. According to mythologist Merka Eliade, quote, Immersion in water symbolizes a return to the preformal, a total regeneration, a new birth. For immersion means a dissolution of forms, a reintegration into the formlessness of a pre-existence. And emerging from the water is a repetition of the act of creation in which form was first expressed. The Mater's Well shop is now stocking rosemary smoke cleanse bundles, handmade by me. It's locally and sustainably sourced in small batches so the rosemary bush isn't harmed. I then wrap it with recycled string under a waning moon to further empower its cleansing abilities. Rosemary is a wonderful herb to cleanse a space with, and it's a powerful expeller of evil and stagnant energy. Perfect to cleanse any space as part of a general clean or preparing the area for ritual work. It's also particularly good for cleansing a space after a prolonged period of illness. Rosemary has strong associations with memory, and it's a wonderful ally for ancestral workings. It's a powerful and ethical alternative to white sage. Available now over at themajorswell.com I think it's an understatement to say the past year has been intense, so I thought I'd create an oil that's designed to sweep away the debris, get you ready for a brand new, fresh start, and to give a sense of freedom and the optimism that's associated with this. I've named it Freedom Oil, and this idea of a new beginning is being ushered in with a powerful blend of 10 oils, four of which are Violet Leaf, a deep and mysterious scent that reminds you of crushed green leaves sprawled out on a warm, earthy and grassy floor. Violet Leaf brings with it the intense energy of renewal, growth and confidence. There's cedarwood, a warm, aromatic and woody scent. Cedarwood, like all conifers, is associated with eternal life and aligning oneself to their higher purpose. The energy of cedarwood helps to clear confusion while grounding you so that you may make the right decisions with clarity and focus. There's fir. It's fresh, balsamic, green, gentle, yet powerful, with an energy that symbolizes life, abundance, prosperity, fertility, and growth. Finally, we have ylang-ylang, a sensual and erotic scent that's often used as an aphrodisiac. The energy of this flower is playful and vibrant, definitely energy I want in my life at the minute. It instills confidence, it gives hope and vigour to approach life with optimism. I really wanted the user to be transported to a fresh forest, to feel uplifted and emerge once again ready to take on the world. Magically speaking, there's a lot that you can do with this oil and it's easy to incorporate it into rituals around turning over a new leaf, breathing new life into something, 
having the courage to start something new. It's a very future-focused oil, and it's also good to use around the idea of letting go of the past. Freedom Oil is available now on themajorswell.com. But how do you work with water? Well, water within witchcraft revolves around love, emotions and aesthetics, introspection and divination. It's sensitive and intuitive, as well as being receptive and passive. Its direction is west, it relates to the sacral energy centre, and the best day for water magic would be on a Monday, the moon's day, because it affects the water, and the time would be at dusk or twilight. You could also focus on water magic in autumn, and on full moons as well. To pay homage to this element on your altar, place a bowl of water on it, the most purified you can find, or rainwater, perhaps. You can place shells on it, or sea glass, maybe a river stone. In terms of crystals, generally those that relate to water are blue in colour, and the metals are silver and copper. Symbols and bells represent water as well. A chalice is symbolic of water because it represents receptiveness. The metal can be thought about to bring in a desired correspondence, but water is about feelings and aesthetics, so how the chalice looks and feels is equally, if not more, important in my opinion. You can pour your offerings into it, but I would also say try to create memories with this chalice, again going a bit deeper than the surface level, and tapping into this connection that water is linked to memories. If you're having a party, fill it up with what you're drinking, maybe you can put your favourite perfume in it. I read one account where a person put their sexual fluids into the chalice, each to their own, but again, it's linking to what water represents. Allow your chalice to contain your memories, and finding it and consecrating it is a wonderful initiation into this element. There are many plants and herbs relating to water, any that are governed by the moon. The reasoning here is that the moon has an effect on tides, therefore it governs over water. So think evening primrose, mugwort, moonwort, that kind of vibe, and also the planet Venus as it rules over the emotions and love, once again relating to water. Think passionflower, wild rose, and shooting star. It also relates to plants that can be grown around or in water, or have a high water content. Think of lotus, cucumber, seaweed, as well as succulents, but just a side note here, not cacti. The spikes make them more of a fire herb. Plants that smell sweet or have sweet fruits, think of roses or apples, and as water carries a yin energy, think of plants that look like ovaries, wombs, and vulvas, like pomegranates, avocados, peaches, you get the idea. Water classification can also be given to plants that induce dreams, or influence a mind state, or they calm the person down. An obvious one that comes to mind is chamomile, but also valerian, just to name a few. Now, in some Chinese traditions, the moon is also associated with water, but it's also responsible for the dew each morning, and the moon's primal spirit is a black tortoise. Each element has its own spirits, called elementals. The most common elemental spirit of water is the undines, similar to mermaids, 
There are other water spirits though, like mermaids, oreads, neads, and sea serpents to name a few. But back to undines, they are the protectors of all water-dwelling creatures. It's also said it's the undines who help heal pains and woes when humans enter water. You would work with them to uncover and to see your emotions, and they're generally great for inner work. Respect is key, if you get on the wrong side, they can actually bring about unbalanced emotions, and thoughts can be quite difficult to maintain. Have a fountain near your altar and replace the water often. To invoke them, get a blue candle, and in front of that, place a glass of water, and sprinkle into the glass some bladderwrack, a type of seaweed, and stir it clockwise. You could hum a melody as you do so, as they're quite fond of singing, and watch the water spinning around and calm your mind. You would then say, creatures of the flowing water, reveal here to me your form. You could ask for their assistance, and bearing in mind they specialise with the emotions and begin meditating. You could also perhaps do some scrying with the water as well. What are some of the deities that you can connect with? Well, civilizations and cultures place particular emphasis on water deities if they were dependent on the sea or a great river. For me, Poseidon and Neptune instantly come to mind. Aphrodite also has connections to the sea. But you could also work with the god Tlok, who is the Aztec god of thunder and rain. Ganga is the Hindu goddess of the Ganges River. Tefnut is the Egyptian goddess of water, rain, dew, moisture, and moist air. Her name literally means water. Mazu is the Chinese water goddess. Abzu is the water lord in Sumerian mythology. Alignac is the god of tides in Inuit mythology. There is also Solis, who I mentioned earlier, who is the Celtic goddess over sacred waters, to just name a few. But please consider the cultural implications of working with deities that lie outside of your heritage. What rituals and spells have I got for you majors? A fair few. A simple spell for worries is to get a bowl of water, and to begin thinking about what's got you worried, then say, There is no need for alarm, for anything that would cause me harm, for this water of protection will block all evil before it's begun. And then you want to channel the thought of the worry into the bowl and then add a pinch of salt to it. Repeat the spell if needed for each worry you have. And dispose this water at a crossroads if possible, but at the very least outside of the boundary of your property. Cleanse and wash the bowl. I've spoken about this next one before, I just can't remember where I've referenced it. But it's the freezing spell. I bloody love this spell, it's really basic and easy and really effective. Get a jar, fill it with water, write the person's name who you want to effectively freeze out your life on a piece of paper, and fold it away from you. Stick it into the jar, put the lid on, and freeze. Sit back and relax. Job done. Have I done this before for troublesome work colleagues in the past? You bet I have. Has it worked? To a T. Any regrets? That I should have done it sooner. You can add potency by using melted snow or melt some ice from your freezer. You could make floral waters easily and incorporate them as you see fit. It will combine the attributes of the water as well as the herb you choose to work with. 
Rosemary flowers can be used to make a protective spray. Rose water is obviously good for love spells. Following on from St. John's wort, you could use those flowers as a demon repellent spray. The list is endless. To make, boil the flowers in water till they're wilted and then strain. You want to keep the water in the fridge and also be mindful of pesticides that they may be on the flowers, so try to buy organic. You can do this under a moon as well and drink it if it's safe to do so. And I came across a wonderful quote about floor washers from Lilith Dorsley in her book Water Magic. Quote, They are like a ritual bath that goes all over your entire home. You could make some water of Venus to honour this ocean-born goddess. The main ingredient is myrtle, as it was said she was clothed in its leaves as she emerged naked from the sea. You could also add in neroli and rose. This is wonderful to bathe in. But just check your own individual health conditions with this and that it's appropriate for you to do so. It can leave you erotically charged and protected from the evil eye. You could also use it in rituals to honour Venus. For success, you could make glory water, add orange blossom, frankincense and bergamot to water, and use as you see fit. I'd be tempted to wear it as a perfume when going for job interviews. If you've created moon water, that's a really easy way of working with water magic. It's the idea of putting water out under the moon, depending on the phase of the moon, it will imbue the water with the energy that surrounds that phase. Check out my episodes on the different moons for a full lowdown. Now, the phase and its energy will dictate what sort of spell work you're able to do with it. For example, dark moon water would be great to include within divination work. Eclipse water is particularly potent, and I would make this to use in my room, where I keep my altar for a floor wash, and also anoint myself before any ritual workings. There's a lot of spells involving water and healing eye problems. I've added one out of curiosity, but please, if you have eye problems, get them checked out, and if you choose to do spells around it, use it as a complement to treatments, and also conduct them in sterile environments. Pink eye isn't the aim of the game here. Also, I'm not a medical practitioner. So, using a sterilised jar, add sterilised spring water, and add a sterilised emerald, and leave it in moonlight overnight. Wash your eyes with it the next morning. Green stones have historically been beneficial for eye complaints. Alternatively, you can have one in your workspace and give your eyes a rest by staring at one. You can also make your own holy water, often it's water combined with some salt, and a prayer or invocation is said over it. Now, the term holy water, it makes me slightly uncomfortable. It reminds me of my Catholic upbringing, which wasn't even that deep, but I still feel weird about it. I just want to say, holy water isn't a Christian monopoly. They appropriated this tradition of salt water for sacred use from Jewish and Roman rituals and festivals. Now with this holy water, you can cleanse your space by asperging, essentially flicking water around instead of a smoke cleanse. The rosemary bundles that I make and that are on sale in my shop are a really good tool to flick the water with. Bathing is a really easy way to engage with water magic. If this isn't available to you, you can shower or dip your feet or hands into the water. This next one is for focusing on opening the psychic channels within you. 
Gather some water herbs and water carrier oils such as apricot kernel, avocado, hemp, grapeseed and some sea salt and place it in a bowl. With your dominant hand, hover it over the mixture and put your intent into it. This idea of becoming more psychic with this bath. Put the mixture into the bath and get in. Focus on the breath and try to still the mind and notice any thoughts you have. You might want to write these thoughts down as they may have relevance to you. Adapt if the bath isn't accessible to you. You could use this mixture as a shower scrub and you could also bathe your hands or feet in it as well. Similar to working with fire too much, water can lead you to become impulsive, overindulgent and not necessarily within a food or material aspect but within a mental one. Think of the woe is me attitude, fantasizing about fears and worries, and also within your work life as well. It's things done to an extreme level. Also, it can look like indecisiveness. It's something to be aware of and to adjust your behaviors and practice accordingly. You could also try to work with earth magic to balance it out. You can do an exorcism around this element by pouring black salt into running water and praying to the undines to release their grip on you. Some final thoughts, just before we wrap up the show. Add shades of blue to your home if you wish to create a calm space. To strengthen your connection to water, do a daily mindfulness or gratitude to water. To travel to the other world, begin by visualizing a body of water as the gate. Descend into the water, swimming through the darkness until you surface in the other side. Return the same way you came. North flowing rivers can be used to send messages to the other world. Lake water is believed to heal, remove curses and aid divination. You could scry using water from a lake. Herbs found growing near rivers are said to be more potent. The ebb tide is linked to banishing and removing obstacles, while the flow is linked to new growth and creativity. You can collect dew and use it in glamour magic. You can find out your nearest body of water or source of water and research it. This is a great way for connecting to water. Meditating in fog or mist is wonderful for astral projection and crossing to the other world. Hail or storm water is great for making war water with. Check out my episode on protection magic for more info. Marsh water is great for working with the dead. If you're feeling sad or down, get in front of your sink, focus on the feeling, clap your hands loudly and then turn the tap on and let the water run over your hands. You could place seashells around your bathtub when you bathe. Be careful not to cut yourself. If taking water from a sacred place, always leave offerings for the spirits and make sure they're biodegradable. You could also create a mantra that you say every time you wash yourself or drink water. I'm going to wrap up the episode with a passage from the mythologist Michael Mead. Quote, Of the elements, water is the element for reconciliation. 
water is the element of flow. When water goes missing, flow goes missing. What happens literally also happens emotionally and spiritually. So when people forget how to carry water and how to use water to reconcile, you get an increasing amount of heated conflict, as we're seeing around the world today. In many cultures, it's the elders who carry the water, because elders are the peace bringers. When a culture can't remember or imagine peace on its streets or how to negotiate peace, it means its elders have forgotten what to do, how to carry water. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week is called The Diviner by Seamus Henley. Cut from the green hedge a forked hazel stick that he held tightly by the arms of the V. Cycling the terrain, hunting the pluck of water. Nervous, but professionally unfussed. The pluck came sharp as a string. The rod jerked with precise convulsions. Spring water suddenly broadcasting through a green hazel, its secret stations. The bystanders would ask to have a try. He handed them the rod without a word. It lay dead in their grasp, till nonchalantly he gripped expectant writs. The hazel stirred. Peace out, witches. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.